0: Welcome to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFISFM.
1: Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Don Hemingway. Um, happy to see you join us for this session of uh, Senior Moments. We have a, a wonderful... I was going to say special guest today. I've had the honor of working with over a period of time and it's uh, Dr. Shannon Freeman from the School of Nursing and from many other things at UMBC. And we're going to talk about a range of, of projects and work and initiatives that Shannon is involved in. There's some really exciting things happening at the University of Northern BC around aging. And so this will, will just tip our toe in the water. We'll probably have to carry on a couple more times to really get at it all. But, uh, shannon, just welcome we 're really glad to have you and uh, could you you know just take a couple of minutes and let people know kind of a little bit about yourself
2: sure thanks Don and uh, thanks so much for having me on your show it 's always a pleasure when I get to share out some of the exciting Things we're doing at, um, UNBC and to raise awareness of different issues, um, that are facing people in our, in our rural and northern communities here. Uh, so as you said, I'm an associate professor in the School of Nursing at UNBC. And, um, I've been involved in, in research that promotes, um, health and well-being in later life for, geez, two, two decades now. Um, but you know, I got my start in this area because when I was a teenager, I was partially raised by, uh, my grandmother who was very influential in my life. Um, I come from a very small town in Southern Ontario. We still don't have a traffic light. That's how small we are (laughs) when we're talking rural, no Tim Hortons, no traffic light. That was my hometown growing up. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so that those rural influences really shaped um, who I am and and how I got interested in in aging.
1: That's interesting. I'll just uh, throw in that I was born in Revelstoke and uh, we had absolutely nothing except a bowling alley. <laughs> that was that was uh, our entertainment. Anyway, welcome. And I, I know one of the things that um, I really um, want you to be able to share with our listeners is about C-TAN, which. Um, I, I, I just uh, start calling it CTAN, but I guess I should say exactly what it is. It's the Centre for Technology Adoption for Aging in the North. And the fact that UNBC has a CTAN centre is pretty exciting. And I'm not sure how many of our listeners have heard about the work that's going on. So this will be our chance today to at least begin sharing some of the exciting initiatives that are happening there. Thanks so much, Dawn. CTAN is a
2: really exciting center that we are fortunate enough to have based at UNBC. It's actually a national innovation hub. So although we focus on our rural and northern communities, we actually are um, a leader in, 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 country, uh, in Canada um, and beyond to really shed light on issues facing um, people here and how we can actually support people better to live well in the communities where they want to be. So, CTAN began, um, when we looked at all of the, the opportunities and challenges facing people to age well in our northern communities and the rising number of older adults that we will have and continue to have here, um, is, when we look at that, we won't have um, the growing number of of the health workforce, uh, human resources to actually provide the highest quality of care that we know um, older adults deserve um, to to age well in our community. So when we looked at some of those challenges, we really saw opportunity for technologies to come along and support people in different ways, um, whether it's people who are living independently and very well, um, all the way across to people who may require more care and supports. But the real challenge that we saw was there's all of these great technologies available. There's lots of companies and people who are developing new technologies, but they're not making it here. They're not getting to people who are aging in the north. They're not getting to their care partners and their families and friends. And they're definitely not making it into our health system. So that's where we saw such an opportunity to build a bridge to connect all of those technologies that are either commercially available or being developed or really inspiring where are the needs to develop those new technologies and to be that bridge to make them more accessible um, here in the north and so that's that's what CTAN does um, we support making technologies more available and more accessible uh, to older adults directly, to their care partners to our communities and community organizations here in the north and to our health system and so that's what CTAN tend as we aim to be that bridge or that connector. And also to raise awareness of the issues that are facing um, older adults and people here in our communities and how can we use those, those challenges to spark opportunities for the technology and startups and industry to better respond, to create those solutions to meet um, the needs of people specific to rural and northern communities.
1: So would you say that... Um I think I'm hearing yes, but would you say that CETAN is part of uh, capturing the voice of northern folks and being able to share that experience and those wishes and those needs with, um, with people who are developing the technologies.
2: Absolutely. So our priorities in our center come directly from older adults themselves, their care partners and our health systems partners. So we, we do a lot of community outreach, a lot of connection to community to listen. What are their needs and priorities? And indeed, those differ greatly depending mm-hmm. on who you talk to and the context that they're in so we do a lot of connection with community um, to understand those needs and then share them out um, to direct those opportunities for where we can make those match matches because at CTAN we we create lots of projects so we we do a lot of um, awareness raising so what are opportunities available and how can people make an informed choice about what technology is best to support them at the right time in the right place We also do piloting, um, implementing, sustaining and evaluating, um, different kinds of technologies and are they, um, effective and supportive and do they, um, do they need to be adapted or, um, in order to be, um, most beneficial here in our northern and rural communities. So we do quite a range of different
1: activities. Yeah, no, and I think, I think increasingly, um, More and more people are finding out about some aspects of that work, because I know sitting on the advisory uh, committee to the Council of Seniors here in Prince George, that just having um, yourself or a representative from C-Town around that table has really Begun to um, spark some serious interest in what the possibilities are and and I see more and more of um, various organizations locally, um, you know like um, i 'll say the parkinsons Society or other organizations that are are really quite heartened by the fact that there is something so close to home that people can begin to get a sense of possibilities or share like, You know, oh, I wish, I wish there was some way that I could do this. Is there any way we can make that happen?
2: Yeah. So when we have people from the community reach out to us at our center so they can email me, um, at UMBC or phone my, phone phone us at CTAN or sometimes people just drop by. Um, sometimes we might not know what the technology is available specific for that need, but we do have the time and resources to go and search out what might be, um, some options for them. So sometimes people will call us and say, Hey, here's my situation, and we might say, oh, well, you might look at this technology or this technology or this technology um, and think about these kind of things. Um, other times, we, we get people reaching out with... Um, With opportunities and that, that they see where technology could support them and then we go and search for it. So sometimes we know, sometimes we, we can go and search for it, but if there's an answer out there, our team will go and find it for our community members.
1: I'm just thinking before we uh, go further that maybe right up front, we should give a couple of um, pieces of information about how to reach CTAN. So maybe a phone number, an email, whatever you think is, and of course the website.
2: Absolutely. So our website is www.ctaan.ca. So Center for Technology Adoption for Aging in the North. We call CTAN with two A's. <laughs> um, so that, that's our website, c t a a n c a or people can um, just look me up at unbc so shannon freeman um, and my email is my name so shannon period freeman at unbc what we have at the university we have a demonstration facility um, where we welcome members of the community or organizations from the community to come up to the university and, and get to see different kinds of technology and opportunities firsthand so that's a great way sometimes if people are curious about what kind of technology are out there they can just come up to the university set a time with us and come see our lab it's set up like um, a seniors apartment like a like a small apartment so the different technologies that would go around the bed or that would go around the chair or that could go in the bathroom so people can see the technology and touch the technology and and mm-hmm. and play with it and, and um, learn about it firsthand so that's another way people can just reach out to us and come and see things because sometimes it's hard to to navigate your way in understanding things on the internet or by through conversation. So sometimes it's just really nice to get your hands on the technology and, 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 and learn about it that way as well.
1: Absolutely. No, that's, that, that's one of the really exciting things about having it Having the center right here, so it's it is for people, and I'm one of them um, who really like to see something in action. <laughs> um, having that opportunity really makes a huge difference. I think I, I do hear now from a few people who've gone up there, so it's uh, it uh just knowing that I that I was a prof and you know so oh I got to go up to that center where they're doing stuff about aging and with the technology. So uh, it's really exciting to hear that. I'm thinking um, it would be good to uh, maybe have you share a little bit about some of the projects that are going on Um, I'm not sure if you have a preference about one you'd like to start off with Sure.
2: Well, we're doing lots of different different projects in different communities across the North. And before I get into the, those examples, I also wanted to say for your listeners who aren't in the Prince George um, local area, we get invited to come to communities all across northern BC. And we, we come with our boxes of all sorts <laughs> of age tech and set up our tables and are happy to share out that way. As well, so um, we've we've been, been as far as Kitimat or the Robson Valley. We've we've come out to visit to visit different communities. I think that's really exciting too. Um, so so if you're not in the Prince George area and you're interested, please please contact us and we're happy to come out and do. Those presentations, um, as well.
1: Oh, that's wonderful too. And I, I do remember um, the the Ctan table was right next to a table that I staffed at the seniors' day at the exhibition here in Prince George for another research institute, the uh, Northern Fire at the University, and and it was uh, it was neat to see the the graduate students and some of the other um, staff um, from Ctan showing. Um, some of the seniors that were coming through the fair the seniors fair to how to you know what what kinds of things were available and you yeah. could see it really anyway it engaged people because it's it's tactile it's yes. tangible you can see it so knowing that you are also available to do some traveling across the north that's that's wonderful news for us to share
2: yeah and um so for example tomorrow i know unbc is doing an event in quinell so uh, the director of c10 dr Richard macaloney will be out in quinell to share about uh, Ctan and later this month I believe he's also um, going to Mackenzie um, so we do we do really like to get out and 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 um, connect directly with with people in our in our communities and share that out
1: so you would welcome if some of our listeners are are from other communities which they are um, and they wanted to get in touch then that would be welcomed at your end
2: Absolutely just just reach out to us by by phone so my phone number is uh 250 960 5154 and just leave me a message and and we'll get back to you and have those conversations I think there's a lot about raising awareness often people think you know these technologies are way off in the future but I like to say the future of technology is now there's lots of different options available to support people to live well and to live well in their own homes, in the communities where they want to be here in the north. And so sometimes when you know you're you're looking on the internet, people might not know what is the terms to search or how to find the right technology for them? So that's another way to reach out to us. We have developed some resources, some checklists. So what kind of questions should you ask if you're looking for, um, you know, a smart home technology or if you're looking for, um, you know, some 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 uh, health monitoring technology? What are the different kinds of questions um, that individuals should ask themselves to determine which
1: technology is
2: right for them?
1: Well, wow, that's wonderful. If I think about one of the things, and, and as you know, I'm quite engaged in issues around older adults as well, and sitting us on the Council of Advisors to the Seniors Advocate for quite a number of years for Northern BC, and one of the things that, you know, you hear over and over again, and I'll say it's, it's my view too for myself, is that people want to stay, for the most part. Of course, some people have reasons for wanting to get closer to kids or whatever, but for those of us who want to stay in Northern BC knowing um, that there's um, an opportunity to deal with some of the issues that arise because maybe our house, you know, is not quite as it needs to be for us to be able to stay in it. But really, it could be. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to jump right at, oh, I got to move. There actually may be some options that will allow you to um, be able to stay where you want to be.
2: Absolutely. And when we're talking about, you know, debunking some of those myths and stereotypes, a lot of people also assume that, you know, the majority of older adults are very adverse to um, trying new things or adopting different technologies. And I like to remind people, I, I did a presentation a while ago to um, the Retired Teachers Association. Ah, yeah. they, they, they invited us up to share about, about CTAN. And I started off by saying, you know, how many of you use a cell phone? You know, and, and, and 99% of those people, they put their hands up. And so, you know, when we think about technology, we are using technology a lot more than, than, than we recognize sometime. And indeed, in a national Canadian, um, study that was conducted, um, last year by Agewell, they found that, you know, more than three quarters of older adults feel comfortable using technology. More than three quarters of older adults feel confident using technology. So that 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 willingness to use technology is there and when they when they say you know how many of how many older adults are using technology to promote their health and well-being it was only 1 in 5. Mm. So when we think about that gap one of the biggest challenges to using technology is to make sure that the infrastructure is there. And and you know access to the internet access to reliable mobile um, cell service those are huge barriers facing our rural and northern communities it's not a lack of willingness to use technology but in, in some of our smaller communities and remote communities it's actually the lack of infrastructure so we need to think a little bit deeper um when people are not using technology what are those barriers often people assume they just don't want to, yeah. but when when more likely in reality, you know, the infrastructure's not there, or there's financial barriers in order to be able to access that, you know, the, the cost of cell service and internet to, to actually get the speed that people need, the costs keep going up, you know, and for a lot of people, there's a financial barrier um, as well to accessing some of these technologies. So, those are the kind of things that we're trying to address through advocacy at CTN to raise awareness of these barriers that face older adults and and, and, and our communities here in the north and to look at how can we overcome them so for some of the technologies that we introduce uh, a lot of these companies in in urban centers go direct to consumer right right but 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 being able to pay you know three thousand dollars for that technology is a huge barrier to the majority of older adults. So in some of our projects we look at how can we build a different business case? How can we make those technologies accessible to older adults but maybe in a different way so maybe rather than directly to the consumer and expecting the the older adult themselves to purchase that you know there may be a cost savings for the health authority if they invested to make this technology more accessible then maybe they could reduce premature entry to long-term care maybe they could reduce the amount of nursing care or home support care that needs to be provided because by making this technology available individuals can remain more independent um, so that th- those are some of the things that we do through our projects at CTAN um, to advocate for better accessibility mm-hmm. um, to these technologies.
1: No, that's wonderful. Uh, we're just going to take a break, but we'll be back with more of our conversation with uh, Dr. Shannon Freeman.
0: Tune in on Sunday mornings at 8.30 for a Let the Bible Speak radio broadcast. This is Pastor Andrew Simpson. And each week on our program, we we'll hear Christ Jesus being preached, gospel hymns being sung, and encouraging news from our churches in British Columbia. Our goal at Let the Bible Speak is to preach Christ in all His fullness to man in all His need. So tune in on Sunday mornings at 8.30 for Let the Bible Speak, only here on 93.1 CFIS FM.
3: On the evening of Wednesday, October 4th, the Prince George RCMP was advised of a violent assault that took place on the 42nd hundred Block of Cowart Road. The incident happened between 10.15 and 10.35 p.m. The suspect is described as wearing a dark hoodie with dark pants and may have darker colored skin. The suspect fled the area on foot in an unknown direction. If you have any information relating to this investigation, please call the RCMP at 250-561-3300. Forecast from Environment Canada for
4: today, a mix of sun and cloud, wind up to 15K, a high of 3 tonight mainly cloudy fog patches developing overnight wind continuing a low of minus five on wednesday morning fog patches then mainly cloudy more wind a high of two and a morning wind chill to minus seven you're listening to senior moments
1: on 93.1 cfis fm welcome back Uh, we're going to have a further our conversation with shannon freeman and talk about some of the Many exciting projects that are happening. The initiatives that are coming out of CTAN. So maybe there was a couple that we were talking about before we came on. One was uh, some work around hydroponic gardens, and also uh, about some dementia housing. So I don't know. Maybe we could start with those. I know there's there's so many. It's hard to choose. That's right.
2: Thanks, Don. So hydroponic gardening is is a really exciting um, initiative. You know, my mother was a master gardener, but the the strength of gardening skipped my generation. Um, so I'm not a I'm not a great gardener myself, but it is something that many people find really meaningful. The idea of, you know, getting your hands in the soil, growing plants, um, feeling that connection to land. So when we were out in the, out in the community talking to, to older adults, that, that became really, um, a prominent theme of something they wanted better access to. And especially when we think about older adults who are living in the long-term care, um, in long-term care facilities across the North, you know, a lot of them miss their gardens. They, they miss, um, being able to grow things. And, and so even though they're surrounded by, uh, many, many people, they can feel really isolated. Um, so when we talked to them, they wanted better access. So starting with, you know, a small group of older adults, we co-created, uh, Gardening program that was raised bed gardening program and a hydroponic gardening program at one of our facilities here. And so it was an amazing program um, where we had activity programming. So we had a smoothie program. They dried their own tea to make their own tea based on things they were growing. And it was really meaningful for them. So we created a lot of evidence. They They took photos to share their stories about why that project was meaningful to them. They chose raised bed gardening because of course people want to get outside. They want to enjoy the sunshine and nature and, you know, the butterflies and the bees that would be attracted to the, to the, to the raised bed flowers and things that they were growing. But the, the, the group of older adults who inspired all of this work also wanted to be able to have access to gardening all year round. And we know in our northern communities, uh, <laughs> you know, when it's minus eight this morning and it's not, it's, and it's just Halloween, <laughs> you know, there's a real barrier, a weather barrier to yeah. getting outside, especially if you have some kind of mobility challenges or you're really susceptible to, to, to the cold temperatures. So the hydroponic gardening made that activity of gardening accessible to them all year round. So um, we started with um, one hydroponic tower garden and worked together with partners at northern health so their dietitians their recreation staff their care staff were really involved in in that in that program and we created the evidence to show not only was it meaningful for the older adults who were um, actively engaged in the gardening club and gardening activities but it also gave family who would come to visit something to do mm-hmm. something to look at something to check about with their loved ones that they were visiting and it was also nice for staff um, to give them something to to look at and do so that's how we started with Mm -hmm. hydroponic gardening but that program has really exploded so we're working with a company called Just Vertical and they um, have uh, their their tagline is furniture that feeds you okay so they have um, really nice looking hydroponic gardens that you can put in your home that you know um, kind of look like a bookshelf and you know all of the the different um, the water source and everything is kind of hidden away and it looks really nice and so we work with them and they also have these huge green walls um, so they're they, they're like a huge big um, large size um I don't know, I want to say like a mirror, but it's not, but it's, it's quite a big size um, unit that hangs on the wall. And so we've got, uh, through a partnership with Just Vertical, we've been able to get those... Um, gardening walls into our facilities here in the north so there's one that's gone in at gateway residence here um, in prince george another um, just vertical gardening hydroponic gardening wall has gone in in vanderhoof Um, and we have more to come through our partnership with them to make gardening really accessible but also so that in the facility um, the food that's grown they can eat mm. they can consume that food as part of their meals northern health has changed their policy which is really exciting so oh, that is. the food that the residents grow um, with the staff on the on these hydroponic walls can then be used for access to fresh herbs or fresh lettuce or salad or things that they're able to eat as part of their meal
1: Wow, that's wonderful. Well, I Shannon and I worked on a project together that wasn't, I wasn't working on the hydroponic garden one, but we were in the same location. And so I can definitely speak to um, how the residents felt about just even the beginnings of having that hydroponic garden. So I can't, well, I, I, I was going to say I can't imagine. I can imagine how excited they would be about it expanding and being able to actually use the food um, themselves and within, yeah, that's wonderful. And so that's what we do at
2: CTAN. So we work with individuals and communities to help them um, achieve what they want to achieve so that's why at the start I said you know I never sought out to say oh I'm going to focus on hydroponic gardening. <laughs> My mother had a good chuckle at that uh-huh. um, when she found out that I was involved in all of these green walls but it's about you know supporting people to live and age well and how can we make um, activities that they find meaningful accessible to them in the context and place where they are. Yeah. So that's really what we try to do and create and share out that evidence. Share out those stories more broadly
1: and then advance based on what you hear back and what's possible and making those kind of connections like you did with the um just vertical group and whatever is going going to help to make those uh, opportunities develop further from listening to those people who are using it and are, are benefiting and feeling good about it yeah no that's wonderful um I mean, there's so many projects, Shannon, but I, I have a, a special interest in what's happening in Vanderhoof with uh, the the dementia housing. Um, really would love to hear how, how, how things are developing there.
2: Yeah, so Vanderhoof is, um, a, a, leading community here in the North where organizations came together to recognize the need and the opportunity to better support persons in their region who are living with dementia to continue to live and age well in their communities. So, um, there was many organizations that work together, Northern Health, BC Housing, um, the, their, their, their local community organizations, um, Connexus was another organization at the table, CTAN was at the table, to come together to say how can we all work together with our expertise to create um, dementia-friendly housing that supports people with a living model. So that facility there, it's a small size facility, but you know, the core of that, that, that facility is the, the kitchen. Everything centers around the kitchen and connecting people together. So in our role at CTN at the table, um, we listened to the needs and the opportunities that the other individuals and organizations at the table wanted to pr- promote and prioritize. And we sought to see, okay, what kind of technologies can we embed in this facility, um, to help people to live well and and make it really that that real true living model of care uh, for that facility. So that's Aurora Home in in Vanderhoof. And so they have one of the um, gardening green walls there from just vertical, uh, and they're actively using it. If you come up to our university up at, uh, in our off, at CTAN in our, in our demonstration lab, I can show you lots of, of photos of that. But that's one example where we've scaled, um, the, the green walls there.
1: Oh, excellent. Well, we're going to take another break, but we'll be back to talk about more of the work of CTAN right after this.
4: The College of New Caledonia has ongoing professional development courses for you to improve your workflow, learn new skills, or refresh existing ones. Many of their fall options are eligible for the Future Skills Grant, including Management Skills for Supervisors, Microsoft Excel Essential for the Workplace, and Microsoft Outlook Essentials for the Workplace. Your learning adventure awaits at CNC. Scheduling and full
0: details are available through the Continuing Education Department at the College of New Caledonia. Your Prince George Council of Seniors will be accepting Christmas hamper applications from November 2nd to November 30th. Applications can be picked up and then dropped off to the Council Seniors office at 1335th Avenue. For more information, contact Lindsay by emailing info at pgcos.ca or by calling your Council of Seniors at 250-564-5888. Delivery dates for this year's Prince George Council of Seniors Christmas hampers will be December 20th to 22nd.
4: You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM.
1: Well, welcome back, everyone. We're, we're here with Shannon Freeman from the uh, Center for Technology Adoption for Aging in the North, the short form, c And we're just talking about some of the projects um, that c has been engaged in. And just going to let uh, Shannon keep Sharing a bit more, yeah. So we were talking
2: about Aurora Home in Vanderhoof before the break, um, which is a new dementia alternative um, housing facility that really focuses on a living model to support people um, who are living and aging with dementia to remain in there in, in in the Vanderhoof community. So at CTAN we we talked a bit about the, the garden walls, so that's one of the technologies that they have there. Another really exciting technology um, that they have is called which and um, it's an exercise bike, but it, it has um, different trails and different activities that people can see. They can um, ride with a friend. So it has a video component to make exercising a little bit more interactive and easier. So it has pedals if the, if the person is pedaling with their feet, but it also has hand pedals. Oh, wow. So there's different options. So if someone's, you know, looking to exercise their upper body, they can use the hand pedals. So we've worked to create some local content for that technology so that instead of, you know, riding the bike down the Stanley Park seawall or, you know, going for a ride in, in Rome. Those are different kinds of videos that are on it. You could go for a ride down a local trail or through some farmland. Oh wow. Or we've got one that we've made where, you know, you can, you can go walking with your dog. So you can see my little dog Timmy in that video. And so (laughs) there's, there's all different ways that we can take these technologies and help support integration of local, local content there another exciting project um, that's led by one of my PhD students um, at Aronki at Bochi um, so she's from Quinnell, but she her project um, was done in Quinnell in Prince George and in, and in Vanderhoof as well where she was looking at um, using uh, Kobo e-readers um, and creating a book club to mitigate apathy so wow. yeah because lots of people um, you know joining a group activity not everybody wants to be in a group exercise class there's lots of wonderful benefits of that but other people find real meaning and value in doing more independent activities like gardening or like reading um, but we know when uh, as people age sometimes it can be more difficult um to to access reading so maybe they need um some help with vision um and those really big print books get really heavy or you know sometimes your fingers can become drier and turning the pages in a book can actually be quite quite a challenge um or maybe they don't have the the mobility to get uh, physically to the library to keep up with the speed that they're reading books. So using e-readers was one way we were looking, can we help people who want to engage in reading make reading more accessible for them? So um, she's led a, a, a project there with all of these e-readers to show um, mm-hmm. the real benefits um, of making reading more accessible, and you know, a lot of these e-readers, you don't just have to buy books. You can access um, books and and through through your local library right. on these devices. So once um, people know how to connect their device to the library to those resources, um, it it mitigates the need to you know go out in the winter to get to the library. You can still connect with the library services um, for people who can't hold those books. You know, some of these newer features on these e-readers are much more lighter, uh, more easier to use. So Adoranke led um, that work and she's just uh, wrapping up her final interviews for that to share the findings out. But it it really emphasizes the, the value of when we are able to use these technologies to support people to engage in activities that they find meaningful. So whether it's gardening or it's reading, when we're able to um, make those, those access, access to those activities more available. We're able to really quantify and measure how we can improve people's ability to live and age well. Um, and I think that's a really important message to share out. So it's the, these projects and these technologies are not for everyone. Yeah. But they, they can really help some people who want to engage in that, who find that meaningful um, to make it more accessible.
1: Well, and I think the other thing um in the last example that you mentioned and I know it's threaded through other examples too is uh, um the fact that students are engaged in this work as well because that just gives us that breadth of learning that will filter out many many locations um after graduation and it gives a whole new sort of generation of um people who are working in the area or who are family members, whatever their role might be ultimately, um, who have a sense of these possibilities and and know that they're not just if you're in some big center somewhere, but you really can um, have those opportunities in, in northern BC.
2: Absolutely. As an educator, you know, building that knowledge and awareness of of how to support persons to age well. What does aging look like? Breaking down some of those myths and stereotypes that people have about aging is near and dear to my heart. So at CTN, we have a very large number of students and trainees and mentees that are part of our network, from high school students to undergraduate graduate students, and and, and even people in the community. We we encourage anyone who's interested in learning more about this to reach out and get involved in in, in with us Um, we've even done work with the school district with elementary school children about you know how if you had an amazon alexa how could you use it to connect with your with your grandparents oh wow so there's all sorts of ways we can we can raise awareness of different opportunities that technologies may have and how to find the right fit for the right person um, at the right time and so i think if we build that knowledge and awareness be, you know, with high school students, with our university students, we're really building greater capacity wherever, wherever these students and trainees may end up, um, you will, you will come into contact with with persons who are aging whether you're at the grocery store or you're at the gym you know you don't have to have a career to directly work with older adults to to come in contact with them and so the more we can raise awareness of you know um, some of the opportunities and challenges associated with aging the more age-friendly of communities we will grow here in the north
1: yeah no that's very exciting work the other thing we were talking about before we came on the show was about um something called Adept Workshops. And uh, I wondered if you might tell us a little bit about these workshops.
2: Yeah, so one of the services that we provide to lots of the new... Companies and smaller size companies that are creating new and emerging technologies is to take those technologies out to our communities and gather feedback on them. Oh, okay. And so we're raising awareness of some of the most cutting edge newest technologies that are being developed in Canada. So oh. um, we are. So today um, I had hoped to be joined by one of our one of my project managers, Emma Rossnago, but she wasn't available because she was actually connecting with our community members here in the north running one of these workshops. So we welcome older adults, care partners, health systems partners, anyone who's interested. If you have an interest in age tech, um, and want to participate in these workshops, we'd love to, we'd love to gather that feedback. So we feature all sorts of different technologies. So for example, the technology that we're featuring today in our workshop is called, is Able Innovations. And so this is a company based out of Ontario who have developed a um, bed transfer system so it it doesn't require um, people to lift someone from one bed to another but instead that the technology actually um, is a personless transfer system so that that's the technology um, that we're featuring in in our workshop and we're reaching out to people in our
1: northern communities to get their perspectives on it oh that sounds wonderful we're gonna just take a break and maybe maybe hear a little bit more about that
3: The Prince George RCMP has issued a warning after a rise in reported coyote attacks in the area. The RCMP asks that you please do not feed coyotes as it can habituate them to spending time around populated areas. To report coyote conflicts or the unlawful feeding of dangerous wildlife, call Conservation Officer Services at 1-877-952-7277. Call 911 only if a coyote is actively attacking.
4: If you're affected by dementia, you're not alone. The Alzheimer's Society of BC offers in-person and virtual support groups for caregivers and people living with early symptoms of dementia. Learn, laugh and help others through mutual understanding. For a list of upcoming support group meetings and for more information, visit alzbc.org. Registration is also available through the First Link Dementia Hotline at 1-800-936-6033. In-person and virtual support groups from the Alzheimer's Society of BC. Sign up today. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud, wind up to 15K, a high of 3. Tonight, mainly cloudy, fog patches developing overnight, wind continuing, a low of minus 5. On Wednesday morning, fog patches, then mainly cloudy, more wind, a high of 2, and a morning wind chill to minus 7. This is Senior
1: Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Shannon Freeman, and we were just talking about the uh, ADEPT workshops and some of the things related to that. I think there's a little bit more that Shannon can share with us.
2: Yeah, and I should have shared, you know, ADEPT stands for Age Tech Discussions on emerging um tech in emerging technologies. So that's that's what the age tech um workshops focus on and I was just sharing about uh, a technology called Able Innovations that we're looking at gathering more feedback on um, about how it might benefit our hospitals here in the north, um, looking at, you know, when you have to transfer someone from one bed to another. Um, what are some of the challenges and opportunities that our community partners may see with this technology? It was just recently picked up by um, Baycrest in Toronto. Oh, wow. So, um, how, but, but I see real opportunity with this technology, especially when we have, um, so many workplace injuries, um, from our, from our nursing, yes. um, staff and our hospital staff when they're trying to transfer and move patients. And it's very uncomfortable and, 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 can be quite painful for, for our patients in hospitals too. So that's why this, this technology really caught our eye when we saw it coming up. Um, and the next one coming up, this might definitely be of interest to your to your listeners is called the ibex and they have created a new version of a walker. So this walker actually helps someone get up if they have fallen. So you can imagine um, a lot of falls, um, don't result in serious injuries, but it can be, you're, you're bruised and sore and it can be really hard to get up off the floor. Um, you don't need to go to the emergency department. It's just a minor, a minor fall, but you do need to get up off the floor. (laughs) And, you know, it can be, you know, embarrassing for some people And when they have to call someone to come and get them or have a stranger help them. It can, it can really affect your, your confidence and self-esteem. So this new technology, um, actually helps someone Get up off the floor after a fall. So you can, you can lower, you can lower the walker down and slide onto it and it will actually pick you back up wow. into a seated position. And so this is a new, a new technology that's just coming on the market and it would be very interesting to see what are the perspectives of, uh, older adults living or I guess anyone with a mobility problem, um, living here in the north and what do they think um, about that technology so that's another one so through these workshops we're, we're raising awareness of you know these new technologies that are coming on the market but we're also connecting those companies to persons in our rural and northern communities to to show them and and, and share with them what are the perspectives what might be some of the challenges they may face to scaling that technology or implementing that technology, um, in the north. We had a fun one, um, six weeks ago. We did one on social robots. Oh, wow. It, it, for, for those of you members who may remember in the early eighties, we used to have like that cricket doll yes. that would talk to you. Yes. <laughs> this little social robot is about the size of a cricket doll, about the size of a three year old or two year old toddler. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so that was an interesting one that we, we gathered some really interesting feedback on um, for social robot company Hmm. um, about, you know, how how beneficial, what do people think about, you know, having that little uh, robot as some something to enhance communication and connectedness with. So these workshops can be really fun. And um, they usually take about two, two and a half hours, you learn about the technology, then we talk all about those technologies and opportunities and challenges we have in the north they're really where we're seeking to gather that feedback from our communities so anyone who might be interested in you know either those technologies i mentioned but just finding out what we're doing our next workshops on um just send me an email um at my name shannon period freeman at unbc.ca or give us a call or um connect with us um and we can add you to the list so that um if we're, we're sharing out what might be next, um, just reach out
1: to us and we can, we can get that information to you. I think doing this work, um, especially this work that you're talking about and in terms of the Adept workshops, really, um, it's, it's going to be beneficial in the long run for, for northern communities. Um, but in this, and in the same way, it's going to give these, um, tech companies who may not be that familiar with other types of communities other than, you know, the larger centers where they may have um, developed, um, give them some feedback about the kinds of challenges that can come up um, in in, uh, northern or rural communities that may be different than the things that they come up, you know, faced before
2: absolutely and often these adept workshops lead to further projects so we've talked a bit about just vertical yeah we had a just vertical um adept workshop here and one of the uh participants um the prince george hospice society saw great value in 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 that technology and you know one of the challenges that um that that New organizations have to adopting this technology is understanding the staff workload that's required to actually operate this technology. So we know it's great for, for, for residents. We know it's great for staff, but what's the time commitment? Because people are always busy. And when you introduce something new, what's the ask or what do you take away? Because people only have so much time in their day. And they also saw opportunity. Where the older adults were reflecting on, you know, their life through the life of the plant, mm-hmm. you know, the roots of the plant. There was there was actually really deep reflection in that um, in the activity of gardening, in self reflection of life, um, meaningfulness, value in life, purpose in life, and you know, got, got them thinking about, well, could we use this hydroponic gardening for children's grief support? Ah, So, you know, working Mm. with just vertical, we have two just vertical units. So not the big gardening walls. We have the smaller sized units. Um, one's in the hospice, um, house, um, and one's in the, the, in the, in the conference area where they have their grief support programs where Mm. people who are there can actually, you know, be part of that, that growing. And so, um, we have another student, um, who's, working on doing her thesis looking at the benefits of hydroponic gardening for children's grief support so we can generate these ideas and opportunities mm-hmm. and projects you know by raising awareness of things um so the prince george hospice society is a great great partner with us
1: in some of our CTAN projects as well oh that's wonderful maybe one one of the uh um programs we could um have that discussion maybe have both you and someone from the um uh the society as well come and, and and share thoughts and I know you've been fairly engaged in that work so that would be exciting as well mm-hmm. the one other thing um I, I I think we have time still for uh, one more project um that I'm quite interested in is the circadian lighting mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if you could tell us a little bit about that work
2: absolutely so in the, in, when we are thinking about supporting persons with dementia to live well, one of the challenges they often face is, is late afternoon agitation. Um, sometimes you hear the term sundowning, yeah. um, and it has to do partially with your circadian rhythm, and people getting confused with with, with the timing of the day. Uh, a lot of challenges supporting persons with dementia to remain in the community is as as they get up in the middle of the night and not not sleeping at night. Um, and oh, are we going to take a we're going to take a break because we can definitely get into some of the, those in a minute if you wanted.
1: Yeah, I think we'll we'll go for a quick break and then uh, we'll be back. And- and talk about, as I think probably the last project we get to talk about today, the circadian rhythm.
0: The Prince George Council of Seniors is coordinating the United Way's Better at Home program. If you are 55 plus and could use help with grocery shopping or some light housekeeping, contact the Prince George Council of Seniors Better at Home coordinator at 250-564-5888 to see if you qualify for these services. It's all designed to help seniors remain independent. Better at Home from the United Way and your Prince George Council of Seniors. Call 250-564-5888.
4: It's time to dust off your winter driving skills. The RCMP, Winter Driving Safety Alliance, and ICBC have some important reminders. Leave early, slow down, and drive to the road and weather conditions. Make sure you have proper winter tires, keep all vehicle windows free of frost and snow, and turn your headlights on so you can be seen in all directions. Check out more winter driving safety tips through the Driving and Transportation page at gov.bc.ca. You're
1: listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS FM. Okay, welcome back. We were just, uh, beginning to talk about, uh, circadian lighting project that, um, uh, CTAN had been engaged with. And, uh, I'm just going to turn it back to Shannon to tell us a bit more about it. So I was just talking about some of the
2: challenges with supporting persons who are living with, with dementia I- in particular, um, when it comes to quality of sleep and regulating your sleep cycle. Um, so we know that, you know, access to natural sunlight um, is a great thing for many reasons, but it's one of the challenges we have here in the north, especially um, in the winter months, and especially when people may not be able to get outside as much as uh, as they had have hoped. So one of the things that there's an emerging amount, a growing amount of research evidence coming out is the benefits of circadian lighting and the benefits of light exposure. Um, so when we can't, um, get people out into the sun as much as we would like, um, and we, we can think about how we can mimic that in, inside. So we've done some, some, some research. We've been over to the UK to learn about all of, with all of the lighting experts. This is really advanced, um, area in Europe. Um, but uh, is, it, it, and, and it's starting to emerge. Awareness is growing more and more in Canada. So what we have done is, in, in the Aurora Home, if you visit Aurora Home in Vanderhoof, they have put in circadian lighting. So the idea is, is that it's blue backed or very bright in the morning. It wakes you up, um, a bright light. But then as the day progresses, um, the the hue, the lighting, the the, the hue in the back, the backlighting of the lights will change to a softer more orange more lower level tone. Mm-hmm. And so circadian lighting it it it, it doesn't vary Slowly. So you don't notice a dramatic change and it just, it, it, it dims it towards the night, um, to help your body naturally recognize, mm-hmm. uh, when it's time to go to sleep. And then if someone was to get up in the middle of the night, they're not exposed to that bright light, um, that would wake them right up, uh, but they'd be exposed to a lower tone of light, um, so that it doesn't fully, um, awake the system. And so, um, circadian lighting is one thing that we've made, um, is part of the Aurora Home. But there's lots more products that are coming out on the market now um, to promote persons to um, have access to those different different backlights. So if you came up to our, our lab at UNBC, we can show you, you know, you can just go and buy um, a light that will have that change. You don't need to necessarily retrofit your whole home. You can there's there's light bulbs that you can you can put in. There's different lamps and, and different things you can buy. And we can control all of that on a on an iPad or wow. on your cell phone, you can set those wow. times. You can set the, the sleep-wake cycle. Um, and the idea is that, you know, that's a, what we would call a non-invasive technology. So once you've got it in and you've got it set up, it just runs behind the scenes. So when we're looking at, from C 10 we're looking at supporting uh, and enhancing quality of care, especially in um, group living environments. So like long-term care, like assisted living, like this dementia care home, we're looking at a lot. What kind of technologies can we embed that don't require more workload on staff? Right. They don't require that additional thing. So something like circadian lighting—you change your lights, um, you can en- enhance the benefits to um, persons who live there, and also benefits to staff. So what was really interesting we learned in the UK was not only do the the persons who are living in these facilities enjoy this circadian lighting much better. But the staff do as well, because uh, that was one of the questions, you know, would staff be bothered and more sleepy working in this environment at night? And it actually, the, the emerging evidence on staff says, no, it, it makes them have a much better work environment. And it enhances their ability um, to sleep after they've come off, say, if they've come off a night shift or a late evening shift. So it really helps um, mm. with their sleep-wake cycles as well, because, you know, we know one of the... The The most important things about supporting, uh, supporting our caregivers, whether they're family and friends at home or whether they're staff in the hospital or long-term care, is the better we can support them and reduce their stress and workload, the better they
1: are equipped
2: to continue to provide care.
1: Really interesting. I, just one of the things that piqued my interest when I saw the Circadian Lighting um, uh, Project was that... I had a conversation, gosh, it must be a couple of months ago with someone around just difficulty sleeping, mm-hmm. and um, that, that came up. And, and so I guess uh, to the extent that you've done work around this, and I hadn't pursued looking it up yet, but um, is it something that outside of a group setting could also be useful for individual older adults or anybody for that matter?
2: Yes, absolutely. And there's a growing amount of evidence like, you know, um we often hear, you know, don't look at your cell, cell phone or yeah. check your email right yeah. before you go to bed. That's related to the bright blue back lighting, the bright lights and the light exposure that that has and the effects that that has um on your on your body and on your on on your brain. So there's a lot of evidence mm. on that. Um same with, you know, promoting reading rather than, you know, watching TV before you go to bed for a better quality of sleep. Yeah. That sleep training those sleep behaviors. Um I think it's easier said than done from from <laughs> me who is always on her phone and yes. watching a TV show right before I go to bed, but but from the emerging evidence side, there's a lot of things people can do to support um, better sleep because a lot of a lot of people are challenged, especially with aging, um, to get that full nights full night sleep. So there are options and, and and modifications we can do to help support people to sleep better.
1: That's exciting, actually. I I have to talk to my friend again. (laughs) Um, The the one other thing, and I'm not sure, we probably won't be able to get into it in a big way that I've really been interested in is that digital storytelling project. And maybe another time we can talk more, but I'd love to just... Tease the listeners a little bit about it. Pretty exciting project.
2: Absolutely. One of the things that we see with a lot of our technologies is technology can be an intergenerational bridge to connect older adults with with youth. Um, and sometimes, when we look about, you know, adopting new technologies, a lot of times, you know, our youth can can adopt it quicker Mm -hmm. Um, and they can they can teach older adults about how to use technology and when you have a way to have mutual learning which is what we did with the digital storytelling the the older adults and elders share their stories and the children taught them on technology and they could co-create things together I think when you have that shared learning um and mutual support that we're really able to have great success um with uptake of technology.
1: Yeah, very exciting for sure. I'm thinking as we get to the end of the program and there's so many things going on with CTAN and at UNBC and your in your with your team, your whole team, if you could again uh, just let people know how to get in touch, I think that would be a good way to uh end the show. Thanks so much, Don. So to get in
2: touch with us, um first you can check out our website www.ctan.ca. So www.ctan.ca. Um, you can email me directly at my name, so Shannon period Freeman at unbc.ca. So just my name, Shannon period Freeman at unbc.ca. Or you can give me a call and leave a message um, for me at work. Two five zero nine six zero five one five four. and you know if you're if you're up at the university <laughs> stop by stop by um <laughs> we always love to give people tours of our of our facility and you can meet our our staff and our students and um we welcome anyone to reach out to get involved with us we'd love we'd love to hear from you
1: Oh, that's wonderful, and I look forward to maybe having you join us again one day so we can get into even more. Looking forward to uh, seeing everybody next week. We'll have uh, Shauna uh, Prouton from the Action for Reform of Residential Care. She's a dietitian talking about some food issues. And Louise Holland, who is uh, from the Health Committee of the Council of Senior Citizens Organizations of BC. So that's next Tuesday. In the meantime, thanks everyone for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next week.
0: Senior Moments is a co-production of 93.1 CFISFM and the Prince George Council of Seniors. Senior Moments is produced by Sharon Heard. Theme music is courtesy of Golf Brooks Music. Catch the rebroadcast of today's show tonight at 9 or replay past shows through the podcast at CFISFM.ca. You're tuned to Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFISFM, proudly supported by community groups like Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza.